This episode of the Dicebreaker Podcast is sponsored by eBay. Level up your trading card game selling with eBay's new image scanning tool. Sellers can now scan their trading cards and create a listing in half the time. The new selling tool supports Magic the Gathering, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and coming soon, sports trading cards and other collectible card games. It's an easy three-step process. Simply open your eBay app, go to selling, and search for your card category. Use the new image tool to snap a photo and enter in other details like condition and price. Hit list your item and you're done. It's a snap. Get the eBay app now on iOS or Android, list your Magic the Gathering, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and start making money on your collections. To learn more, visit ebay.com forward slash scan to list. Link in the description below. Hello and welcome to the Dicebreaker podcast. If you're watching on video, my goodness, where are we? This is uh, this is not usual, Bo. We're all in the same room together. We're being held hostage. We're not being held hostage. No. Uh, we're having fun at Essen Spiel <laughs> 2021. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it did. Hey. Deal with it. Uh, yes, we are here out in Germany, out in Essen, Germany, uh, for the Spiel Fair, which happens almost every year. It didn't happen last year, but it's back this year. Uh, today is Thursday, so it's the first day of the show. You're probably watching this on a Friday because this will go out after we've edited it together and recorded it and so on. But we wanted to do a podcast special live from the show. Uh, so we're crammed into the corner of Lolita's hotel room, which is the only place we could find to film. Uh, I'm Matt Jarvis, your host, returning as always. I'm joined by Alex Lolis, Alex Meehan, and Liv Kennedy. Uh, I have to introduce them because we're passing around mics, like we're having to share. Uh, but we're basically going to go over what we've seen from the show so far, kind of games that we've played, things that we've seen, uh, some of our favourite moments. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, to kick us off, Liv. Hello. How's your first day of Essen been? In fact, first day of first Essen for you. First, first day. First, I'm a newborn babe yeah. out here in, in Essen. Um, yeah, no, this Benjamin is, This is me, yeah. No, um... <laughs> Um, yeah, this is my first Essen Spiel ever. Um, it's been wow, thank you. Oh my god. Um, no, it's been it's been really good. It's been a whirlwind of a day. I was saying to the others that it feels like we've been out out here for days when it's been <laughs> one day. <laughs> Precisely one day. Yeah. Um, and um, yes, yeah, so, so we arrived at like ten a.m. Did we arrive at like ten? Yeah, we got yeah. to the the Mesa Essen at ten. Yeah. yeah. We went. Uh, we were there from ten till seven p.m. And it's yeah, it's reflected that. But I've played um, I've played three games today, which doesn't seem like a lot, but I swear it is <laughs> yeah. in this setting. Um, we played um, Paper Dungeon was one we played, uh, which was yeah, I, I that was a hit with me honestly. I yeah. enjoyed it. It's rolling right and it's mm-hmm. dungeon crawling. I mean. Mm-hmm. It's a winner right there. It really yeah. is. It's like you're playing as a D&D party. That, that, was, that was their words. Um, yes, but each individual person is playing as a D&D yeah, party. Exactly. As the yeah. whole party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So you're playing as a uh, rogue warrior, uh, wizard, cleric. and cleric. Um, and you are making your way through a dungeon, which is different every single time you play it. Making your way through the dungeon. <laughs> 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 Natalie Imbruglia is playing a piano as you go through, yeah. Is it Natalie Imbruglia? Whatever. Um, but anyway, you... It's Vanessa Carlton. Oh I my God, I'm so sorry. A thousand miles because Natalie Imbruglia is torn. Natalie, terrible. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you uh, go through every single time and you like uh, draw different walls and so it makes um, the experience different every single time you play it. And there are also several different like boss monsters you can face. 
Like one's a dragon, one's a minotaur, one is a vampire. And so it's pretty cool because you can like have the cleric who's better at fighting the vampire or the warrior's better at fighting like the minotaur, for example. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, what did you what did you think about it? I will say, like many roll and writes, it's incredibly luck based in the sense that depending on what dice are rolled... <laughs> <laughs> of course you would say that because you were doing you died like in the first round yep. didn't you mm-hmm. yeah no i died because the dice depending on what dice are rolled you'll be able to level up certain characters in your party but like your party members are kind of linked to different colored dice and the dice that were being rolled were just not matching my party members so i was able to sort of level up my warrior quite a bit but then my other party members were just kind of sat there on level one so it meant that when I was fighting things that the warrior could fight, it was great. But everything else uh, was bad. And then uh, I died. But you can be revived, but it costs two points. It, like, minus points at the end. Like a roll and write, it's just all about point collection. Mm-hmm. But the way that you can collect points is, you know, very different. You can level up a character. You can collect relics. You can, like, fight monsters, like Liv said. And then it will get you different amounts of points. It was very, it was very interesting. There's a lot to kind of take in initially. Mm. Um, the explanation was quite. It was long. quite long, yeah. yeah. But then when you were doing it, it was like, oh, okay, this is fairly straightforward. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah it was an, it was um, an imaginative roll and write. I think it was quite interesting as well, actually, um, because I don't think I've played any other roll and writes where the game can end for one player before it ends for anyone else like oh. in a lot of roll and writes i've played it's like when somebody you know has done a certain amount of like failed whatever the case is in the, the specific roll and write the game ends for everybody but in this game because you've got health and you gain health when you level up characters but if for in mian's case she wasn't leveling up very much so any damage she was taking she was like catching up mm. what what her health level was quite quickly and so, like, well, you know, she's not, means not out, out. She, you know, she loses some points and she gets to come back in. Yeah, but I think it's like minus six or something at the end if you die or yeah, minus nine. But he said, like well, did he say what happened if you die again? He was like, it's never happened before. So, oh. right. Okay. But yeah, anyway, it's, mm-hmm. it's really good. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I did very well in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I mean, we did, we did tie. And I honestly, it was an honor to tie with yeah, you. Yeah, but I. <laughs> I won the tie. No, you didn't. <laughs> he specifically said no one gets anything because we both tied, which I think was not very fair. We're all going home. No one, no one gets anything. We only we tied because you had a special card that exactly. made you tie. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why I deserved the win. <laughs> um, but uh, I, what I will say, Mian, about your um, qualm about like rolling certain dice and not being able to like level up, there are like certain solutions to that in like the gameplay, like the wizard is able to kind of like level up and then get um, like a card, no, get an ability where you can just like swap the dice different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might have helped. You, you, I think you get that randomly. Like, had that I randomly. had that card, yeah. You, mm-hmm. get, you get given abilities randomly at the, at the start of the game mm-hmm. and I didn't have that one, yeah. so I couldn't do that. <laughs> I mean you leveled up the wizard somehow right. and then somehow. and then it would have taken okay oh no the, yeah. wizard, did, the <laughs> wizard did have that ability yeah you're yeah, right that was I just a standard ability yeah i couldn't level my wizard up because you weren't getting the dice, I wasn't getting the dice. <laughs> right all right fair <laughs> enough <laughs> all right you got me there okay um yeah so apart from that uh, also we went and played uh, Far Cry Beyond was also something we played <laughs> Matt Jarvis oh. is ready with a mic uh, <laughs> um, speak the truth Matt 
Yeah, for a seed map. Liv, I have some thoughts about Far Cry. Do you now? Yeah. Really? Yeah. My oh. thoughts are mainly... God, this is boring. God, this is bland. God, this ha- lacks any real flavor. I think, yeah, so for folks who are unaware, like Far Cry, long-running, like, first-person shooter franchise, this is a board game adaptation of the series, but not of a particular Far Cry game. Mm. So we kind of asked whether there are any characters from Far Cry that might pop up in it. And Herc, which is a recurring character in the video games, pops up as a child. For some reason, we didn't see Herc as a child, but apparently Herc as a child is in there. I don't really care about Hook. I've got no interest in Hook. <laughs> this is set your 80s, your stunt people in an 80s movie. So it's got a little bit of Blood Dragon, which was a spin-off that was like kind of neon-soaked 80s. Mm. But the thing with Far Cry, like Far Cry the series has many issues uh, as a first-person shooter franchise. It tries to dabble in the political without actually doing saying anything of note. This board game did, doesn't even really try that. Um, it's worth saying we just did a demo. They do say it's a campaign game and that there's a story that goes through. Um, but it seems like they didn't really set up the story with any kind of real weight. Um, and yeah, the, so we're mainly talking just about the pure gameplay, but even the pure gameplay is just not really much to write home about. It's, you move around a grid, so it's a hex grid. There are different environments, so each environment is a scenario, and basically your job is to clear out the enemies, and you play different characters. They have unique skills. My unique skill was has dog, so I had a dog <laughs> that I could move uh, called dog. Rosie. That's a Good ability. I mean, yeah. it was. But I will say the dog wasn't very good. The dog just moved, and then I had two attack, uh, two uh, options I could choose from. I could either bite and bork. Yeah, basically <laughs> bark, which would move someone, or melee attack someone. And the first three times I missed, so yeah, the dog Rosie... just leapt into midair and just leapt past anyone. Rosie the dog was very underwhelming. Yeah. Very, very much underwhelming. Um, yeah, as soon as we saw it, we were like, okay, this is weird. And then, <laughs> this is not what we expected. Mm-hmm. Considering that, like, Far Cry as a video game series is most beloved for allowing its players to kind of do what they want in just a very exciting or engaging setting. Um, this was not that at all. It was very much like, you're in a, you're in a room. <laughs> there are some bad people there. You need to kill the bad people. Uh, and you do it by just rolling dice and moving around, and then there are some abilities and stuff. I will, I will give it the credit of, unlike a lot of games that do similar things like that, the pacing at least wasn't incredibly slow. Like it, 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 it was like relatively fast moving. Like I think a lot of games that do that sort of thing suffer from that. But yeah, it was, um, yeah. Do you want to do you want to say I your feel, thing? I yeah. feel like I really dodged a bullet with that game actually because Mian asked me like six times whether yeah. I wanted to join them because you needed like at least you needed like four players yeah, to play yeah, it right. We needed you. And Mian <laughs> just kept being like, look. "Will you play with us? Will you play with us?" And I was like, "No." I just took like a one look at the game. I was like, "No, yeah. no." And I'm really glad I didn't. I know, but what, what, what were you? Saying? Well, we we needed you to play because. Mm-hmm. Because it's Far Cry Beyond. <laughs> people want to know about it. The people need to know there's not a good game. <laughs> people need to know there's not much to know. Mm-hmm. But that's why we're, we're, we're spreading the word to the people mm-hmm. that this game is very underwhelming. Mm-hmm. The word is bad. Far Cry bad. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, what I will say, uh, yeah, so the the whole legacy aspect of it, I guess, mm. which we didn't get around to, was that at the end of, like, scenarios or rooms, you are able to, like, make choices that 
like affect how you go forward and affect the next room you go into um which was like apparently narrowed down to like either you kill someone or you let someone live or you save someone or i think that was basically it. yeah right? i think that was it and they say there's like like most legacy games there's envelopes full of stuff that you can open but it just sounded like it was more cards that you could add to the deck because you can yeah. pick up like mm. either offensive or defensive items when you go over tokens but yeah it just it just felt a bit nothing that was the w- it's like yeah. it wasn't offensively bad it was just very <laughs> like far cry if anything is all style and no substance a lot of the time mm-hmm. yeah. but the style is you got grenade launcher you're flying in like a little like helicopter over whatever like fictional island that we've made up yeah oh you're like wing suiting out and then you're jumping on top of a like a thing and skinning it for its thing and then you're going to turn that into an arrow purse yeah and that's it's like yeah, yeah this yeah. had nothing of that it was just like here's some people in a room shoot them i guess yeah, and like i mean even if it was because if you felt more attached to the, to the characters even like the characters were kind of they had cool concepts um one was a really buff lady yeah that was me i was because that's what i'm like in real life <laughs> i'm a buff lady with pink hair <laughs> yeah that's you mm-hmm. um <laughs> that's it yeah and also we were all playing stunt people did we mention that yeah they were all i think stunt the fra- people i can't remember if the framing is that we're actually in a film and that's why or if we just happen to be stunt people from a film i think what um the person explained to us was saying was that we're stunt people who've been drafted in by some kind of authority oh, to okay. fight the bad guys yeah. which sounds like a, a comedy sketch i've seen recently yeah that feels like <laughs> that's the, not the thing you do like no. if anything you find someone who tells you they're a real live action hero and they happen to be a stunt person but you don't immediately just go like well all the action heroes aren't here so i guess we'll just take the stunt people yeah, yeah they we can were- take a punch we were fighting people who may or may not be Soviet soldiers. Yeah. The artwork was very, very communism. Mm. But uh, I think, like, the biggest, one of the biggest flaws, apart from the gameplay being boring, uh, is the fact that, like, because they've not based it on any specific Far Cry game, they've not really got anything to go on in terms of, like, recognisable, mm. you know, iconography or ideas with Far Cry because... Obviously, the point is that with each game, it's a new setting and, you know, the, the kind of through line is, is the gameplay. Mm-hmm. But the gameplay here is kind of nothing really like Far Cry, which, you know, kind of understandable because video game, board game, they're going to be different. But also, I do think it, they didn't doesn't really feel like they tried to make it yeah. like Far Cry. But also, because they've not based it on a specific game, it's very like, is this Far Cry? So I feel like they should have just picked a game maybe like free free seems to be pretty popular mm. and just done that and like not whatever this is yeah. which is it was weird, weird. we were inside that was a, it's like far cry like famous for open world like you scout around you climb an outpost mm. like you do all that we mm. were just in a like a gas yeah. station we yeah shop. yeah yeah and then we went outside and it was outside the gas station. Yeah. yeah. There and dogs. They were, that's a complaint I also have. There were way too many opportunities to hit dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and like there were enemy dogs. There was the one good, there was one good, good dog. Yeah. Good girl. Yeah. I will say that is consistent with Far Cry's promotion mm. of kind of killing animals is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at least they've got that bit in there. At least they've got that bit. You but can't yeah. even craft the dogs into something useful. No, so it doesn't even have the Far Cry... <laughs> You can't even turn them into. It could be an ammo pouch made out of Rottweiler or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was all in all, it was. I don't know if disappointing is the word because I wasn't really looking forward to it. But I know a lot of other people were kind of interested, and it's very much like, why have you made these creative decisions? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I, I thought that I in particular would quite like it because the vibe I got from it, and I know I bring it back to D&D every time, but the vibe I got from it was D&D combat. But I was bored. And, and so, like, yeah, it, it was just strange. And maybe it's because I had no attachment to any of the characters, like no, we've said. But no. I don't so. think anyone could. Like, I played the Far Cry games. Like, I generally like them. Like, they're massively flawed. But, like, I like them because they're the kind of wild, you know, you dive out of a thing in a wingsuit and then you run around and... But again, like this just didn't have any of that. I think no. that was the problem. It's like there's nothing to attach to across any of it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just like, well, I don't know. Like, here's some people you've never heard of doing stuff that's not very interesting mm. in a world you've never seen before. Here's a dog. They should have they should have maybe done number one, I don't know why it was co op. Because like I don't think you can do multiplayer in Far Cry games. Yeah, you can. It is co op. Oh, oh you can. Yeah, there's games okay. like co op. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, maybe they were going off that. But I feel like they could have done something more with like you know, that we've been getting a lot of those board games that are like survival board games. You know, like you... What was that one that was like also based on a video game that's that's kind of like Green Hell? I can't, was it Green Hell? Anyway, mm. there, are, there are quite a lot of these board games that are coming out recently that are like, you are in an area, you need to find resources and survive and kind of do your thing. And I feel like they should have just done that because like... That's kind of similar to what yeah. you're doing. Like they just, like, there was an open goal yeah, there, and there was, they just yeah. managed to puncture the ball and walk home. It's not right. like they had to invent like a type of board game. A type of board game like that was already there. They just, for some reason, decided yeah. to go for the most boring route, which is another miniatures game where you roll dice and yeah. fight things. Yeah. There you go. But we we did it we did it for you, folks. Yeah, we did it for you. And Thanks, dice babies. Uh, it's on Kickstarter at some point, but maybe don't. Oh! But my personal opinion is I probably wouldn't pay any money for that game and I probably wouldn't want to spend any more time playing it than I did. And I only mm. spent half an hour playing it because that was how long one of those scenarios lasted. And that was enough. I would like to... I kind of want to play more of it just to see if, you know, maybe it gets good. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Liv. I think that's very <laughs> kind of you, I'll say. That's being very kind to this game that I left zero impression Thank you. Than... I'm very kind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, was, it was the only game you played, right? Today? It, it, was <laughs> the, it was the only game I played properly, yes. I was. Oh. I largely looked at other things. Would you like to hear about the other things I saw Absolutely. to transition out of talking about Far Cry? Because yes. they're better games to discuss. Um, so I was really interested by Suspects, which I think may have been out a little while in French, perhaps. Um, but it's a game from, uh, yes, uh, it's a game from Studio H, uh, who did Oriflam, which is a game I liked very much. We have a review on the site. Um, and Suspects appears to be essentially kind of a card-driven mystery game. They kind of describe it as being inspired by things like Agatha Christie um, and like classic, they said classic British mystery um, stuff. So it's very, very Agatha Christie-esque. And they also mentioned Pyro. So it's just all of that. Pyro? Pyro. Poriot? I thought I've, you said Pyro. And I was like, bit, what's Pyro? Pyro. Pyro. I've never watched that detective. I've not watched it either. I just know how to I've never said that detective out loud. Yeah, so it was interesting. So they, I think they already have a box out. Um, which has three scenarios in, um, and they are set during the 1930s, I believe, and they all feature the same detective, whose name I now forget, Claire something. Um, but they kind of described it as being, like I say, it sounds a bit like Sherlock Holmes' consulting detective in that you follow certain leads, and those leads will give you numbers, and then the numbers will guide you to cards with those numbers. 
But one thing that they pointed out was different to a lot of other mystery games is that it's kind of impossible to miss certain clues. So at some point you'll see everything and there are certain kind of, I think it's when you get halfway through the deck, when you're three quarters of the way through the deck and then when you finish the deck, you almost have sets of questions and you try and answer those questions and then you'll see more cards and more clues and be presented sometimes with the same questions. And if you change your answer, uh, it means that you might get fewer points but obviously you're looking for the right answer so if you suddenly decide like oh actually we found a clue that means that that doesn't make sense anymore mm -hmm. you you won't get as many points as if you knew that halfway through the deck okay. but so they they've it's a bit more kind of gamified than sherlock holmes consulting detective where you just like oh i've nailed this and then yeah. you go to sherlock and sherlock's like you fool <laughs> like it was obviously this like fishmonger like four straight away that did it mm -hmm. um but it sounds like it's trying to be a much more approachable version um and then Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. They mm. said it's very kind of text-heavy. It's very kind of narrative-driven. I Yeah, I'll put the yeah. thing in that I have not played it myself yet, uh, but I was very interested by the idea of it, and I like those kinds of games. So, And it sounds like they are very much going about it with a, hey, mm. like this is a bit more forgiving if you're trying to actually yeah. solve yeah. this. But, but Matt, we like being reprimanded by Daddy Holmes. <laughs> anyway. I have <laughs> written a script recently in which I referred to Sherlock Holmes as dad, so... Anyway, uh, <laughs> look forward to that. Yeah, um, uh, the the other thing that I, I feel, saw a few other things, but the other thing that I was particularly interested in was the Cowboy Bebop RPG, <gasps> um, which was only recently announced just before Essen. So it's coming from Fumble uh, GDR, I think, is the studio. But um, I believe Italian Design Studio, they pr previously did um, quite an acclaimed Italian RPG called Oh gosh, now I can't remember what it's called. I'm very sorry. I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's been a long day. Uh, it's in the story. If you go and read it, chase the story on the site. Um, but yeah, I was intrigued because there's been, obviously we saw the Avatar RPG recently. Um, there have been a number of licensed RPGs, things like that. And this one seemed a little gimmicky on the face of it. It was kind of like, oh, we've got two different colored dice because uh, Spike, the main protagonist of Cowboy Bebop, has two different colored dice. Um, so it's like, hmm, if that's what you're leading with here, that's maybe not exactly the right foot to get off on. But actually speaking with the, um, the one of the designers, it sounds like they are going about it in the way that you would hope. Um, and they seem to be quite aware that, hey, people are a bit suspicious about licensed RPGs and the quality of them, um, but was very much saying, like, you know, the reason we're not just making, like, a D&D &D 5e source book is because we want it to feel like the show. Um, they mentioned briefly wanting to make it feel jazzy, and <gasps> like like the show, yeah. the show has a lot of jazz music. Um, they didn't go into details because it's still very much in the early stages, but they were like, we want it to feel like there's a crescendo like you have in jazz, like it builds to something. Um, and uh, we also discussed kind of like the visual style of the anime, and they said that that's something they're also trying to get across in how it actually feels to play. Um, one interesting thing they mentioned, which will be a story on the site, maybe by the time this goes live, if not, I guess it's breaking here, uh, is that you'll be able to play as the main Bebop crew, so Spike, Faye, uh, etc. And yeah, that surprised me because normally those licensed RPGs are just like, ah, it's in that world, but it's taking place like around the corner from where all the main mm. stuff happens, all mm. of that. But they were just like, yeah, you, you'll be able to play as the main crew if you want. You'll be able to make your own characters as well. But if you just want to play as like Spike, Faye and Jet, like you can do that, um, which, yeah, it was interesting. But it, I was reassured by talking to them as someone that likes Cowboy Bebop a whole bunch. Um, they were like, yeah, we, we get that people are going to be 
suspicious of this and a bit cynical probably but we are actually kind of going the extra mile to make sure that this like does justice to the show basically so mm. that was that was quite reassuring yeah i and feel i feel like with with avatar for example being pretty good although we've only played the quick start and with your kind of findings in this interview uh i feel like there's hope <laughs> yeah for licensed rpgs i feel like they've had like a bad rap you know not undeserved for the past few years for being kind of just a cash grab but like it feels like especially with with the words of we're designing it around like the series like how it feels we want to make it feel that way is kind of how avatar feels to play so i feel like yeah i feel like this is a step in the right direction for not just taking 5e slapping a license on it and saying there you go it's actually thinking from the ground up like how does the thing what do people like about the thing let's make it plain to evoke yeah, that exactly part of the thing they said with not using 5e because they the um fumble and the mana project no mana project um one of the co-publishers who i spoke to they are predominantly known for 5e source books so i kind of said like oh this is you know a move away from that and they said well d and like dnd 5e is largely built around combat and although you capture bounties in Cowboy Bebop, that's not really the focus of the show. The focus of the show is kind of digging into the backstories of these characters and working out kind of the motivations behind why they are just like moving from job to job, just trying to make a living out in space. Um, so yeah, again, it felt like they, they kind of got it. And whether, how that pans out, I guess yeah. we'll see. They're, I think they've said there's a quick start um, coming ahead of the Kickstarter next year. Uh, but yeah, it was it was interesting to be like, okay, you at least seem to have a good enough grasp on this, where it's not just like, ah, oh, we're just gonna make D and D five E. That's popular, like popular anime. Yeah, slap those two together, bit of money. Thanks very much on Kickstarter. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, it was it was reassuring. Yeah, I think it's the this is the big positive I think of using IPs and the fact that they don't have to rely upon five E as like the draw. Yeah. Like the draw is, hey, this is Cowboy Bebop. It's not. This is a five E thing. So. Yeah, that's a really positive thing. Yeah, but uh, I saw a few other things, but those were kind of the highlights for me of day one. Mm. Also, I'm calling it right now. Get ready for the Beastars RPG. I guarantee it's going to happen. <laughs> Wait and see. You heard it here first, yeah. folks. Yeah. Uh, what have I been playing today? Um, I obviously did Paper Dungeons. I'm literally like racing through my head right now. Mm-hmm. I played a game that uh, I think only has a German name. It's called... I'm reading it. I'm reading it right now. Magistra? Magistra. Uh, which is a two-player game, uh, which plays like quite simple. It's by a new publisher that I believe I was told they only started like making games in June this year. Like Whoa. brand new. And they've got new ga- two games that I checked out. But this was the only one that they kind of also had in English. And um, yeah, it's just a two-player game where you've got this like little, um, I don't know, like a bunch of... Um, You've got this row in the middle, essentially, between the two of you. And uh, both players, one player plays black, one player plays white. You have three different size pieces um, going up in size. So you've got, like, regular cubes, then you've got, like, slightly bigger ones, and then you've got big, like, cylinder-type ones. And um, you've got... I think you've got lots of cubes, some of the middle ones, and then, like, even less of the big ones, but I didn't actually count them. Roughly around that. And um, you have a bag and that you draw tiles from. They're round tiles. And there's three different tiles you can draw. There's um, the two main symbols, which I feel like represent like ice and fire. 
Um, don't quote me on that, but I'm just going to use that as to describe the game. And then you've got a third one, which is kind of um, uh, like a Trump one, um, which essentially like wins you the thing if you if you draw it. And so you um, both like draw from your bag and you place them on your own side of the board. Um, and then starting with the starting player, they get to place down their pieces um, next to the bits where they are essentially like betting the pieces. So the, the bigger your piece, um, you're essentially going to win if the other person puts down a smaller sized piece. Um, you cannot put the same size. You can either put smaller or bigger. Sometimes you're forced to put um, yeah, a, a bigger piece sometimes, um, especially once you get to the end game, you start running out of pieces. Um, and yeah, the whole game is just trying to collect either these like uh, these different tokens, fire or ice, I'm going to say, um, because there's a track and you both start in the middle of the track and if you collect fire pieces you move to one side and if you collect um like ice pieces you move to the other side but with using the same token so you can move you know towards the fire but like and if you decide to go that way if you're then collecting the ice pieces you're going to start going back on the same track so you're kind of focusing on one of these two elements and um uh, and then depending on where you land, um, you get points at the end of the game. And you can also get bonus points if you, in any given round, win like more of those tokens than the other person. You get like bonus points you can win. It's a very, very simple premise. Like I, s I played a whole game of it in, I don't know, 20 minutes or something. Um, there is also like um, an, uh, two advanced ways that you can play. There's uh, one where you have like special characters, so they have special abilities. Um, I didn't. I didn't play with any of the advanced versions, but I, I am aware that they exist. Um, so yeah, you can play as special characters with special abilities, and also there's a dual deck, which I can't remember what it does, but there is a dual deck that does something extra as well if you want to play with it. Um, so yeah, I quite liked it actually, and I, I was quite impressed with this like new publisher that just made cool. that game. And I tried the other game as well, but it was a bit more of a kiddie game. It was essentially a game where you um are trying to be like the the new superhero in town and um you've got like this map of a town and you can draw missions and then the mission will send you to a space you know you you want to go towards that space in the town and um you can like equip equipment it's again very simple kind of premise um and like very kid friendly it's very colorful um the the superheroes are like trash man or something you know they've got like really stupid like kind of um, names and yeah um i can't remember can i read that from here spiel spiel das is maybe the spiel is i can't remember the publisher but um mm -hmm. yes magistra was was the game that um i've played and i'm maybe we'll do a let's play of that sometime because uh, it's maybe a nice so. little two-player game we can do um, I feel like I played a bunch of other stuff, but Burgle mostly... You played Burgle Bros 2, right? Played Burgle Bros 2. Um, I did hop into the game halfway through, and um, like literally about halfway through, and we were playing in German, so I was a bit like, mm. oh, okay, hold on, let me just turn my German brain on. Uh, it was all right. I think because I was kind of learning on the fly, I was a bit like, uh, um, what's going on? But like, I've only played... The first Burgle Bros once, and it was on stream about a year ago. I, th I believe Ellen joined yeah, us on that yeah. stream. So I have like only a vague recollection of how that one worked. Um, and also that was on TTS. So I've never actually played it physically, I don't think. Um, and the second one is set in a casino. Um, they, 
um, have done the same kind of thing that they've done with Sabotage, 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 Saboteur, um, where they've made the actual box into part of the, the board game. So you kind of play on the back of the box, which I always enjoy. Um, yeah, and then you've got like bouncers that move around. It's been so long since I've played the first one that I can't really remember like what the differences between the two are. But I know this is set in a casino, so there's like bouncers that go around and you're trying to crack a safe. Oh, there's dice in this one. I don't know if there's dice in the first I one. They did, but it was to track their movement or mm. their like alert state for the guards. Yep. I don't think you rolled any dice if that's different in this one. Oh, th it is. So yeah. in this one, you're trying to collect dice and put them into the owner's office. And then you are, you need to get the dice to, so one of you needs to, when, when you found the safe, one of you needs to go into that room, send the dice up, which costs an action for each dice. And then somebody needs to go into the safe room and roll the dice and they need to roll the numbers that of whatever, like the um, grid. I think that might be similar, sorry. I Is think that similar? might be similar. Yeah, okay. that rings a bell. But. I don't remember doing that, but... That's how that works anyway. You essentially depend, and so it will change for every game, obviously, because the grid, every um, tile has like a number in the corner and you're trying to roll the numbers that are in the grid that where the safe happens to be. And obviously that usually gets put down randomly at the beginning of the game. Um, yeah, what else have I done? What else have I seen? Maybe I'll move on to someone else. You've played Shit. Azul, right? Maybe yeah. you want to talk yeah, about that we, one. We, well, first let's talk about the most anticipated game. Essence <laughs> Spill. Bag of butts. <laughs> uh, I know we've all been desperate to hear about this <laughs> game. We literally passed it as we walked in. I pointed. I was like, it's bag of butts. You screamed. Yeah, and the guy, <laughs> the guy standing there was like, ooh. I was excited. Unfortunately, I, it's fine. Like, <laughs> uh, My favourite part of it is how many times the person... Uh, teaching us the game said the word butts uh, to us because the <laughs> several times and I did laugh almost every single time because uh, I'm an adult uh, and no it was the tokens are like little butts yes. and then the, the gist of the game is it's like a push your luck game where there's a bag and it's got butts in it I know and the different butts are like different colours and then the different players have a different coloured butt that they score points from. And so each player has to draw three piles of butts. Mm -hmm. And then they choose which pile of butts they want. And then uh, each coloured butt in there scores a point. We're going to get demonetised <laughs> so quick. <laughs> Is the name of the game? <laughs> uh, they, score, they score points for the corresponding butt colour. So if you're like yellow butt, you score for the yellow butts. Uh, but then there are like other more complicated butts that go in there that like do other things. Like you can't pick up certain piles if uh, a certain coloured butt is but, in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, we didn't actually play it. We, it was sort of demoed for us. Oh, yeah. No, there was a kind of <laughs> awkward moment of like we watched the <laughs> it was demoed for us. And then they were like, yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> expecting us to either play or maybe buy a copy. And we were like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think the exact words we use were, we might come back. <laughs> <laughs> that's like having been an exhibitor at this show that's for like worst, two or yeah. three years. That's literally like, you just, you get to a point, especially if you've done this for a while, you get to a point where you just roll your eyes at that because you're like, you're not coming back. No. If you really, if you really liked it, you'd buy it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Look, okay. The Butts novelty was great. 
but then it it wore off pretty quickly. But um, no, let's be serious here. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I also saw a poo game. Why I thought you, you might want to know. I saw poo you game. You talk about poo games a lot. <laughs> I saw a poo game. It was about unicorns and poo, I think. I might have seen a different poo game. There's always a poo game. There was one year at Essen where there were so many poo games, which is where, please, to be clear. To clarify this, I want yeah. to discuss this, and this is why I'm being addressed as the poo yeah. game person. Yeah, and, game. I, and I have discussed yeah. this because about two years ago, that's literally all Essen yeah. was was, was just a big yeah. pile of poo games. Matt Jarvis, yeah. poo game expert. There was the one where <laughs> I remember walking past a demo of Flushing Frenzy, and there were two very o- overjoyed children trying to catch a flying turd. It, <laughs> it was like this is a very surreal thing to witness at like ten in the morning. There was don't step in it, where you yeah. walk along a thing and try not to tread in poop. Mm. There was like a card game about poop. I think there was a game where you had to pick up. Dog poop. Mm, yeah, yeah the, the, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There was a lot. P- the poo theme continues to reign supreme <laughs> at Essen. But no, let's be serious. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. I mean, I've got the mic, so uh, good luck. Uh, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Uh, we, uh, Liv and I, uh, played Azul Queen's Garden, <gasps> which is the newest entry in the I was going to play series. with them, but the queue was so long, and I was like, I'm not staying in this queue. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many games around there that I was like, ooh, what's this? Ooh, what's this? I was like, I'm not queuing. I'm uh, not queuing. Whereas I, like the tortoise, <laughs> was patient <laughs> and waited. Uh, yes, and I was there too. I mean, I went to I went to pee, but I came back. <laughs> well, I I did not pee. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it wasn't too bad. I mean, it was just the case of like, um, it was Plan B pretzel games as well, and they also had Camel Up off season there, uh, and they also had bees there for some reason. Bees. Yeah, they, they follow the later games thing of the things are all four letters long. Yeah. Like Azul and Reef. Not and Camel Up, though. That, although I suppose that's Pretzel. Wait, who does? Uh, no, Eggish, Pretzel does Camel Up. Eggishpiel, I think, Eggishpiel is does that. Camel Up. And then there's Next Move now, which I think is Plan B split into Next Move. Anyway. It's all, it all falls under regardless. at some point. It's all Plan, plan um, B. Yeah, they, they had, in my opinion, they did not have enough uh, Azul stands there because everyone waiting in that line was waiting to play Azul. Nobody wanted to save the bees. No, Nobody. no, there was a woman who came up to us, just in like the line real life. I know. Who was like, "Do you want to play bees?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and then there was even an empty table for Camel Up off season, which I thought would be quite a popular game, and no one wanted to play that either. And until it's because eventually, second edition ruined the the uh. franchise. <laughs> I knew it was going to come up. I was like, <sighs> I, was like I was like, no. <laughs> I expect better of you. <laughs> um, no, uh, we eventually got to play. And it was very interesting. Um, firstly, the thing that stood out to me was the fact that there's like a little box thing there that looks like a palace tower. I um, saw that, yeah. Yeah, and it's part of the game. It's not just... I thought it was just decoration for a bit, but no, actually, you actually use that. So in this game, it's uh, similar to Azul. It is a tile-laying game. I've never played Azul before. This was my first time. Carry on, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, similar to Azul, it's a tile-laying game. Um, but obviously, it plays a bit differently. So um, there's no phase to the game. It's just actions that you can do. And there are three different actions that you can do. You can draft tiles... You can play tiles, uh, and or you can pass. It's it's that simple. But obviously, within that, there's a greater complexity. So the way you draft tiles is that everyone drafts one by one. It's not, you know, it, it's a bit different from the original game. Uh, so um, tiles are placed onto like a separate flat tile. <laughs> 
if that makes sense. <laughs> That's called like a garden tile. And um, the person drafting has to take either all of the same colour or all of the same symbol. Without any duplicates. Without any duplicates. So, yeah. So, um, and then you place those into like a holding area, like a storage area. Uh, and then when you want to play them, you have to pay to place tiles in onto your board. And the way you pay them is very interesting. You pay them using other tiles. So, oh. like, the idea is that you want to draft tiles that will both be good in your garden, but also will allow you to pay for the tiles you want to put in your garden. So, and the way you pay for tiles is that you have to play uh, matching symbols uh, or colours... Uh, depending on how many points the tile you're placing scores. So, for example, if the tile you want to place is worth two points, you have to pay, you have to pay like an extra tile that matches either that symbol or that colour. Whereas, like, the more expensive tiles, the ones worth more points, you have to pay, like, four or even five, like, extra tiles to place it. You also can't use duplicates when paying for things. So you can't have two of the same tile to pay for a certain tile. It sounds a bit complicated, but... It was. <laughs> I didn't understand, but I had fun. You, you got it eventually. You yeah. were doing really well. Um, yeah, and then you, depending on where you place tiles, you also score points at the end. So you score points every round, depending on certain criteria, which is selected using this, like, wheel that they spin around. I think the wheel was, like, my favourite visual aspect of the game. Like, there's just, like, a cute little wheel, uh, like, spins around, and then it has, like, oh, you need to collect, like, um, pink tiles this turn, or yellow ones, or, like, this certain, like, um, symbol. And, uh, yeah, you get, like, bonuses. Yeah, yeah, so you score per round, and then you score at the end. So you score per round depending on those criteria. Uh, I wasn't very good at that. <laughs> but then... Don't beat me. <laughs> well, yeah, because then you score at the end, and you score at the end differently. Um, so the per round one is literally, do you have this tile in your garden, yes or no? Uh, the end of the round is all about areas. So, like, do you have yellow tiles next to each other? If you do, you score, like, per that type of tile, which so means if you've got some really high-scoring tiles in that group then you can, like, rack up points. Like, they were, we were playing with this little boy. Yeah, a little boy and his dad, we assume. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They were, they were very nice. Yeah, but um, they were whipping our butts. <laughs> <laughs> and this little boy did amazing because he had all these yellow tiles that oh, were... He played the long game. All of a sudden, it was just like, oh, okay, we've got any yellows at the end. And he was just like... Bop, 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 and we were like, oh, he's played us. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They, at one point, they offered us... They had this little box that had, like, yeah. snackies in there. And they offered us, like, it had, like, oh, rice cakes yeah. and those those biscuits with the chocolate on. The ger- Liebens? Um, Liebkuchen? It, it's the one. Oh, Leibniz. That's the one. And, and we were like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> you, should, you should see, this is obviously all happening in my hotel room. You should see there's a little table right next to us that's just covered in snacks because that's the, the first thing we did, well, that I did yesterday was yeah. just bring home all the snacks. Yeah, but... um. No, it was actually, it was it was really good. Like, it's got that same, like, appeal of Azul, which is, you know, playing ahead, picking the right tiles, like, thinking both scoring per round, but also at the end. Uh, also, you, you get um, negative points for, like, 
having tiles at the end, for example, kind of similar to, yeah. to the first is all. That was actually make or break for me because I, I got a minus six because I had one of the, the, the biggest like tile available, the biggest points. Um, and uh, yeah, because I had that minus six at the end, you beat me. <laughs> smug face from me and for those of you listening to the podcast no. um but it was it was different enough that it felt like a different game without like feeling like they just they just threw a load of stuff on top of it for the sake of it uh also the little if you, in case you're wondering the little cardboard palace thing i mentioned at the beginning you pay your tiles in there that's what it's used yeah. for i was gonna say like i remember wheels being very up on summer pavilion when he kind of did like a double review, I think, of Azul mm -hmm. and Summer Pavilion. Mm. And there's also Stained Glass of Sintra in yep. there somewhere. I never saw tiling, like a tiling of walls and tiling of gardens becoming this big franchise. But yeah. it, people love it. Yeah. Like those games are good. Yeah, like, those was, games are really good. It was easily one of the most popular games that we saw. I mean, it was one yeah. of the only games that had a line yeah. to play it. And every, like I said, everyone in that line wanted to play Azul. They didn't care about the other games. Every year that I've been here that Azul has had a new version come out, it's always been like super popular. And I, I think like lines is quite a new thing for this year in general. Like I don't think I've ever seen lines at Essen before. So like, yeah, it was the same, but without the lines. Because I think like they are, the way they had their stand was that it was like literally cordoned off. So you couldn't yep. get in unless you got into the line. Whereas like previous years, you can just like walk onto the floor and you just wait till a table becomes available. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I think you can kind of spot the popular games quite easily now because there are queues, which has not been there yeah, previous. No, it's just you crowd around a table and then a seat opens up and four people flock yeah. to it. Yeah, literally like hop on your laps almost <laughs> while yeah. you're trying to leave. It was actually impressively efficient <laughs> there because they would have people kind of looking around checking to see whether a table was free and then they would come over and say yeah. you know do you want to go over there mm. it was just like when you'd had this empty table for like bees or something and then like do you want to come and pay bees and it was like no <laughs> also like shout out to the demonstrator who was teaching us in english and then also them in german wow. like the, the, the uh, boy and his father yeah and it was just like did an amazing job also little boy one I just wanted yeah. to... <laughs> no, boy beat us. <laughs> I saw, I mean, I walked past when you guys were playing it and I was like, because oh, I, I, I was kind of just wandering on that area while they were queuing and I just kind of popped back to see if you were still in the queue and you were sat at the table and I was like, oh, look, there's a little boy playing. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad to hear that he won. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're all rooting for the little boy, let's yeah. be I'd like to say I was second. Thank you very much. You were. You Nobody were cares about second. I if was, you're in first, uh, you're less. I, was al I almost beat the little boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but all in all, I I enjoyed myself. Like it, it was it was good. Like I'm hoping it, to try it this. Yeah, it was. I I very much. It, once again, um, Azul continues to be a great series. Who makes Azul again? Help me out. I think it's next move now, but it was no 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 oh. designer. Oh, it's uh, Michael Kiesling. Yeah, as as proven before, Kiesling continues to be a, an absolute <laughs> boss. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, and um, yeah, that's what I that's what I played this this day. I remembered um, something else I played. I played uh, a new game by Ricky Tata, the mm. designer of Coup and the Chameleon by Pink Potato as well, and uh, it's called Salvage, I believe, if I'm remembering that correctly. It's a trick taking game uh, where it's very basic trick taking. There's not even a trump, um, and you essentially some of the cards have flames on them. 
and you're trying not to get the flames and that's kind of it's kind of like um trick taking meets sex nymph to be uh, no sorry not sex nymph no sex nymph with the with the uh, the taurus heads or whatever bull yeah heads, yeah yeah um where when you collect bull heads that you know you know like you lose points and um as soon as somebody kind of gets zero or below the game ends so you're playing until somebody gets to that point so it's kind of like taking that scoring system of that with the flames as well. You know, some of the cards will have three flames on a single card and some of them will have just the one. Um, but other than that, it's just trick taking. I would just say I was saying this to you guys earlier. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't that inspired, like <laughs> especially when you consider that like the crew came out a year or two ago and was like Spiel des Jahres and it's, it, that's a tricky taking game. It like I feel like this hasn't done enough to like make me excited about it it's a nice little game i think i would play it if like somebody had it and whipped it out it's like one you know you can play quite quickly and it's it's a nice little easy game that you can teach people super quickly but um yeah i was just overall a bit uninspired i think by it mm, yeah uh other disappointments of essen include <laughs> um uh unmatched volume two is not here uh, oh. despite despite being informed it was uh, lies? <laughs> no, <laughs> I think there was com confusion. It's actually been uh, the release date has actually been pushed to um, I think further into next year due to guess what containment issues. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of issues. Yeah, here. container yeah. issues. Um, so they're not showing. They apparently they were showing it somewhere that I could not access. <laughs> <laughs> weird because they um. were like oh it's it's in that little lounge area and we were like oh to play on the no. yellow stand mm -hmm. no yeah. you could, they, they could look at it but i wasn't even allowed in there yeah so uh, i've been in that lounge before, yeah no. um but my friend got me and i don't remember how he even Business. got in because i think he was just a press uh, a few years ago so i feel like as press you should but get to be in. honest i think right? Right, Matt? I no. think so, normally. I, no. know, normally I think that's like a... smile politely and wave the thing on. Yeah, did you wave your press pass? I would say I, I don't really think what looking at it's really going to do for me either because I know roughly how Unmatched plays. Like, the key is, is how the different characters play. But that was a bit disappointing. And also, Dune House Secrets, uh, you just can't play it. Uh, it's, it's there. You can look at it. You can buy yeah. it. I, I spoke to the person. I was like... Can we play it? And they were like, no. no. And I was like, yeah. okay. I wonder if it's too long to demo or something like that, or too narrative. I don't know. They could have. They could yeah. have had a special demo no, that we could play, demos, like yeah. you know, to give us an idea of what it was like. But instead, they were like, no, you can look at it and you can buy it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, thanks, Paul Games. Yeah. There was a few. I was just speaking to a few publishers today, and it seems like the shipping crisis that's yep. ongoing just seems to be yep. hitting everyone. There were a lot of publishers I spoke to who were just like. We had multiple releases planned for this year, but now they're next year, mm. hopefully. Um, yeah. And a lot of people saying, uh, you know, well, we hope to get this out next year, but who knows at this point? Because partly, particularly for us here in the UK, they were like, Brexit's been real trouble. And then they were like, COVID's been real trouble. Yeah. The shipping crisis has been real trouble. <laughs> yeah. Production issues, real trouble. Yeah. So yeah. Because yeah, I mean, there's, there's a quadruple whammy of issues yeah. affecting the industry. There's resource shortages as well, which yeah. is great. I mean, I was talking to who does Vivid. I'm trying to remember. Uh, the publisher of Vivid, which was a game that I was quite excited about. And it was supposed to be here. 
and I saw like the flyer for it and everything. And I was like, oh, this is exciting. I went over and said, um, are you not demoing Vidit? And they were like, oh, it's not arrived yet. Like it's yeah. somewhere. <laughs> like it's not come back later into the, the convention and maybe it will be there. Yeah. And I was like, okay. It's always been a running thing of Essen is the first day or two. There's a lot of people going, yeah, we hope it'll turn up by day three or four. Yeah. But I feel like particularly this year with all the shipping nightmares that have been yeah. going on, I feel just trying to predict anything or hoping that something will turn up in a matter of even weeks or even months at some point is, yeah, people just, yeah, they've been hit really hard. So, yeah, it's not something great to hear, but I think it's affecting everyone across the industry. So it's just, mm. yes. Uh, has anyone else played anything else or should we? Uh, just one last thing. I didn't play it, but I'm very excited about it. I probably won't try it, but I got a run uh, through of Welcome to the Moon. Mm. Um I've played, have I played Welcome To? We've played Welcome To on the channel. Yes, we have, because we did it as you've, you've never played, I think, yeah. with uh, when, when Johnny was still there. Um, it's a roll and write where you do things, and it's great, and I'm a big fan. Do you remember there was a time when, like, every week on the yeah. podcast, I'd played it to death? Um, so they've made a new version, because it was Welcome To Your Perfect Home, Welcome To, what's the second one called again? Welcome To The Casino. The Las, Las Vegas, yes. Which I tried at Essen two years ago, um, and it was I tried that before. Welcome to your perfect home, and I remember being like, "This is very complicated," but oh. it's because I hadn't played the first version. Um, and Welcome to the Moon is the next game in the series, and I had I got just explained it roughly, and it's great because um, essentially you it's a roll and write. They've changed it from being paper and pencil to being uh, dry erase, which mm -hmm. I appreciate, and um, you get like eight different maps in it. Um, or like eight different like sheets, I guess, that you play with. And each sheet has like slightly different rules. Um, and uh, each sheet is like kind of marking your trip from Earth, uh, which I can't remember what he says happens to Earth, but something happens to Earth. Oh, and no. then it like <laughs> you essentially making your way to the moon. You know, one of them is you flying from Earth to the moon and um, you building stuff on the moon. And it, like all these kind of things, like almost telling a story. Um, I believe he used the word campaign at one point which is really interesting. Um, I would like to try it. I, th I feel like I'm probably just going to try and get a copy and, and play in my own time, but it's because um, I already love the franchise anyway, and this just feels like they've done like even more with it than mm. they had. Because I feel like Las Vegas was fairly similar to um, Your Perfect Home. It, they just changed kind of the theme mostly and obviously like the rules and stuff. But um, this is, feels like they've really, really changed it up. So I'm very, very excited. And mm. was, this was on my list to check out here as well. So... I'm very excited about it and, and that it's like e even like living up and beyond the hype of what I was expecting. <laughs> mm, so yeah. yeah. Other than that, um, I went to see the new uh, expansion for Lost Ruins of Ardak, uh, Expedition Leaders. Uh, they did not have a demo there, but I managed to get a copy. Mm. So uh, hopefully I'll play that and let people know what I think. I've still not played that game. I really want to play that oh, game. Oh, it slaps, mate. It, was it nominated for the... Sh I've got a cool copy. Let's like play that. tonight at 3am. Really like so. <laughs> I can teach you. Yeah. I can teach you how to play. It's yeah. it's very good. And the, the co-designer was there. Oh, my God. Not Min. Melvin, is it? I'm so sorry if I got your name wrong. Uh, it's on the box. <laughs> uh, I don't have the box with me. But uh, they were there, and they were very sweet. And I spoke to them and said, I really like this game. And they also told me apparently they're working on something at the moment, which is a campaign thing. They couldn't mm -hmm. tell me much. But apparently they released a print and play campaign thing on 
uh, the Czech Games website. But then they were like, oh, we might do something official, like bored with that. Uh, and I also spoke to someone about Galaxy Trucker. There's a new version of Galaxy Trucker out. Yeah. And the old version, which I've still not played. Yeah, I think there's <laughs> yeah. a supersized version in between. There the was also yeah. a supersized version, yeah. Um, and they're going to be releasing an expansion for that, which is basically just loads of the other expansions of the old game in one box. So that's happening. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thanks so much. Uh, just looked directly at me. I was like, did I say something? Um, you, uh, um, uh, yeah, I, there are a few games that I'm looking forward to. I really want to play. I'm not sure if I'll get the chance, but I would like to. Um, there's uh, Mortem, which is... There are so many detective games. I was going to mm, say, yeah. there's a yeah. lot of detective games at Essen. Um, uh, it's, it's gone from poo to detective. That's it. <laughs> yeah. The natural progression of life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now we just need a uh, poo detective. Yeah. It'll happen. It'll happen. Come on. I mean, who did the poo? Exactly. There who was that. The who did it? There was a game called Who yeah, Did It? Yeah, like, which one of you and did it was like your, in the toilet? It was your neighbor's animals, <laughs> and you were disgusting. trying to work out which one of your neighbor's pets pooed on the floor. It was bloody one of It was there a few years oh, ago. Yeah. And I think goldfish was an option. Despite oh. the fact that goldfish poos in a bowl. Yeah. 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 So the humans, I guess. Wild. Matt, Liv, and I think it should be that woman who kicks the door down on her kids and is like, who yeah. did the poo in the toilet? <laughs> it was one of yours. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah, it should be her. Yeah. Like her. It's yeah. like her on the front of the box, but she's wearing like a PI's hat. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be called Disgusting. I mean, to be fair, if anyone saw the Taskmaster thing, two out of the four games were kind of detective games as well. Oh, two out of the. Yeah, four? Four games that were made. I mean, spoilers if you haven't seen it, but you oh, should yeah, watch right. it. There was a detective, Toto, and uh, yours was kind of. Detective-y. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, oh, yeah, so all gone. It had yeah. the word gone in it. That makes yeah. it detective-y. That's how it works, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so uh, there's one called Mortem, which is basically like a detective. You're a detective, but it's in the medieval times. Um, it's Victorian. Victorian times. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, you. Um, it's um, from what we were told briefly, um, kind of you, there's no like rule book. What, what, what is it? What? I'm trying to remember. Oh, okay, right. I was like, am I wrong? Um, yeah, there's no rule book. Like, you draw cards, and the cards explain what's going on as you play. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and um, it's, like, it's set in a world that's, like, you know, very similar to our own, but all, like, um, the fantasies and, like, um, rumors and stuff are, like, real. So, like, I assume there's going to be, like, kind of a fantasy element spooky. to it, spooky fantasy element, um, which looks very fun. So I would like to give that a go. I also love me a detective game. Um, there's also a couple of, um, like, the Dubious is one I really want to try. Yes, I was yes. checking that out. Ooh, okay. uh, in the press room, I just took a picture of it. That's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, it looks super duper cool. Uh, well, hello. We have a copy in the office. I know, but I'd like to play it here if I can. <laughs> <laughs> Um, troll in the office um, <laughs> um, but yeah no I, I yeah I'd still like to give it a go you know I'd like to just play it um, but uh, so that looks very fun uh, and there's also um, deranged which I don't know much about but I've in my like scoping out horror themed games it's come up um, so I would like to give that a go because it look, looks quite spooky and in intriguing so Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'll give a quick shout out for Oink, which I've not played yet. <laughs> but there's um, Moon Adventure, which is the follow up to Deep Sea Adventure. Yes, Ooh. I saw that. Another moon game. Yes. Yeah. Another moon game. Moon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. butts and moons. This yeah, year. yeah. Exactly. But bag butts, of butts. Moons and Another moon game. Detectives. Yeah. yeah. Arguably. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> Speaking of point games, I did pop to the stand as well, and they had a game which I've, I'm kind of curious about, but also like not sure about. It's called Hey Yo. I saw this. And yeah. It's got a oh my voice. Thing that you press and it makes like a little beat, um, <laughs> and then you play cards <laughs> to do things. I did not see that. I saw the cards because yeah. it looked like it looks like you're kind of like guitar hero, rock bandy kind of like. Whoa. Form like a rhythm line. There's a little button that you press, and I think it plays while you play. And it, it the thing is quite repetitive, so I feel like if you were playing it for real, you'd be like, oh my god, this is so annoying. Yeah. But like when I was there, I was like, oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very like Bop It. Am I thinking of Bop It? No, it's quite a different one. All right. Is that, that's pretty much everything you've seen. All right. In terms of, should we just discuss how the show is in general quickly? Because yes. I think it's, yeah, it's an interesting one, right? It's the first, we weren't at Gen Con. Um, so the last show I was at was maybe PAX Unplugged, but before that it was Essen uh, 2019, before the website had launched for Dicebreaker, and I'd been in this job two weeks three weeks something like that uh yeah which is a wild time and now back in essen two years later um and obviously big questions around post-covid all of that kind of thing uh i'll say for my part i was quite pleasantly surprised i was quite unsure yes. um before we came in obviously we had a lot of uh chats as a team before we decided to come at all um but you never know what it's going to be like till you're here really and yeah it's it's been interesting so on the way in, obviously checked if you're double vaxxed, which is the um, what they announced over the summer, and masks are mandatory. And as far as I saw, everyone I saw was in a mask. Yeah, everyone was. Yeah. yeah, I actually saw somebody uh, took a mask off to eat something, and she was told that she had to go outside. <laughs> uh, that's how strict they are. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. So I <laughs> I feel bad now because at one point I drank from some water. But it was that thing of like trying to drink oh, no, in the side fine. and I think like. It's cause she she was like kind of at the hallway bit where you are allowed to, to do what she was doing, but mm. she was kind of just wa- starting to wander into the regular halls, yeah. and she was like, "No, you need to stay I, there." I think kind of if thing. if you're eating, you're allowed to eat. There's like a tunnel area yeah. that you can eat in, right. and you can eat outside, and you can eat like in the restauranty area we were at. But those places are much more open. There are fewer people in there. Mm-hmm. And they're more spaced out, but I don't think you can like. Yeah, you, you can't can wander around with your cheese of, pretzel. I think you can take a quick <laughs> swig of water, but you can't run around and be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no. Um. I was quite sad about it actually because I got myself a cheese pretzel long awaited, and um, <laughs> I know this was at the time when you were playing uh, the Far Cry game, and I was like, I want to go over and sit down and watch them play while I eat my pretzel, and I was like, there's no way I could do that. Yeah. It's yeah. the pretzel or you, and <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, pretzel, I'm choosing yeah. the pretzel. But um, you know what, no, I've felt relatively. They've been quite stringent about it. You have to, like I said, provide the va- the the passport, the vaccination passport at the door. And I would say, obviously, that you're walking past a lot of people. You know, spacing is very. It's quite difficult. Yeah, they have signs that are like, "Hey, maintain 1.5 meters," no and that's not happening. That. Yeah. I would say, give. A, they say it's reduced capacity, but it still feels busy. Very yeah, busy. the re- thing is, it's reduced capacity, but it's also smaller than mm. previous years. I reckon it's about two thirds of the size, mm. roughly. Maybe four fifths. Medical, <laughs> like medical masks mandated for. for yeah, the yeah, it's yeah. medical grade masks is what yeah. they specify, which I think mm. is the region of Germany that we're in. Uh, North Rhine, North, North Rhine. Rhine. Thank yeah. you. Um, I believe that is their default anyway. Um, yes. But obviously, it's being upheld here. So yeah, it's medical masks. It's double vax. You have to prove it all as you go in, and yeah. I mean, most of the stands I've been to as well. Um, they made me. Uh, like mm, yeah use they, use sanitizer before yeah. and or after at one point 
I went to a stand and um, I was about to like touch the stuff and they sprayed something in my hand and I was like, this smells nice. And one of them was like, yeah, I think that's just perfume to be honest. <laughs> oh, you're going to hear like, it's alcohol. I was like, okay, well. Um, okay. <laughs> also, uh, when I was like, it was a nice sign that I was like leaving the toilet and I was going to wash my hands and everyone was washing their hands for like a long time. Yes. It was really good. <laughs> the only thing is it's all cold water, like freezing yeah, cold. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like you're doing much. No, but yeah. No. <laughs> And I would say compared to past years, particularly as we were walking in, because normally there's just a huge throng of people outside. It's just normally it's a crowd that you just get wedged in even before you get in. But it's been queues just everywhere, but nicely distanced queues. And it sounds like like all of the stands I saw, like no one was really crowding around tables like they Mm. like typically do. It was a lot of people kind of waiting quite patiently. I think it was only really where people were moving past each other that people were kind of you know, getting a little closer, but it still wasn't, like, people charging through and, like, shouldering between people. Yeah. And all well, that. this is the first day. It's only it going to get Thursday. busier. It is Thursday. It's yes. going to get busy. Well, potentially busier. You, you, I mean, Unless you did mention cool. that they are, like, you can't buy, like, a weekend pass. So mm. I reckon it could be the same levels of busy every day, potentially, because some people, you know, might not be mm. able to. I don't know, but we'll see, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's it's at least a positive thing of like I say I was this is the first event I've been to in two years. Yes. Um, it's the first time I've been around more than like four people at a time in two years, um, and it's been yeah it's been reassuring as like a okay this this can feel safe and like mm-hmm. doable because I think the industry has kind of needed it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, I was at EGX last week, so I can, like, compare it to another event that I was at only a week between. Um, and I was in London, and um, in that case, they did check your COVID pass on the way in, but I did see, I feel like I saw a couple of people sneak in, like, without it and i think i saw on twitter as well that some people said they weren't being checked um but um overall anytime i tried to enter they checked my my um covid pass and um nobody was wearing masks inside though so like and also again this was like obviously not board games it was video games um people were touching like controllers and everything and i um i think some stands were like wiping them down in between but like the retro games area i don't think for example that was happening and um like hand sanitizing wasn't as much of a thing so i I do think that this in comparison is like a lot more stringent and i um while i was like when we came into into the the hall this morning it's a nine hour day it starts from 10 and goes till 7 p.m i was a bit like oh my god i'm gonna do it it's the longest i've ever worn my mask i feel like although it's apart from like traveling around somewhere and i was like you know essen already really gets to your throat because there's a lot of like shouting over all the all the other noise in the halls and I was like how is that going to be when everyone's trying to do it through masks as well mm. um but it was fine like I overall I d- didn't re- after a while I didn't even notice the mask and it was mm. like yeah, um same. I don't feel like I was talking any louder than I usually do at, at conventions yeah. and mm-hmm. and yeah it was seemed fine I feel like the fact it's spaced out a little bit more means that you don't have to shout like you're in a club as yeah. much either because you're not there's not a throng of people around you all having their own conversations while someone tries to explain a game to you as well yeah so yeah, I definitely did a lot of talking. I was mainly in meetings, which is why my my throat's completely just gone now. But in terms of uh, yeah, in terms of everything else, it just felt yeah, it wasn't that bad. And then we made you do a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, such as such as the job. Should we talk about other highlights? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. <laughs> what about the highlight from last <laughs> night? Are we gonna get there? We, we were 
discussing like earlier, like, are we going to talk about this on the podcast or not? We have to. We, we have to. For the content, yeah. Yes. The people right. need to know of our <laughs> embarrassing mistakes. Oh, my God, it was so funny. So we arrived yesterday afternoon, evening, um, and we just, like, got settled in our rooms, and we're like, right, let's get, let's get food. And uh, I'd done, like, a bit of research as to restaurants around the area, and I really wanted some very German food. It's been two years. I really want, like, a schnitzel or, like, something along those lines. And uh, on the map, it said there was a restaurant right next door to the hotel we're staying. And it had a very German name. And I was like, they definitely serve German food in there, I reckon. So we were getting ready to go. And Matt, at this point, had figured out that there was actually like a bunch of restaurants on the, on a street, like a little bit just around the corner further down. Um, and I was like, but let's try this place, though. Let's go here because I really want German food. And it's right next door. It's so easy. So we went in and there was like... You know, this the very like hotel entrance where you've kind of got like a sliding door, a bit of hall, sliding door, and then is like the main hall with the reception and stuff. And in that kind of little slidey door to slidey door room, there was a little table and there was some forms and you had it said there was a sign that said you have to fill in a form before you come in. And I was already a bit like, Oh, this is like a weird hotel that, you know, they didn't make us do this in our own hotel and also it's what also if we don't actually Yeah, also a museum <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. And I was like, why is, first of all, why are they being so stringent? But also, like, we haven't even decided whether we want to eat in the restaurant yet. Yeah, like, there wasn't a menu outside. There wasn't a menu outside. So we were like, I kind of just poked my head in and was like, is the restaurant open just to, to make sure? And the lady was like, yeah, it's open. And I was like, okay. So I was like, right, let's all fill in one of these forms. And it was, it was all very COVID related stuff. Like, mm -hmm. have you had any COVID related symptoms? Have you, are you double vaccinated and blah, 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 blah. And we walked in, we were trying to go straight to the restaurant and the lady at reception was like, oh, I need to see those forms first. So we went and she asked for, to see our COVID passes, which we showed her. And I, as we were stood there, like kind of dealing with all that, I was, I was like, this is weird. And I actually turned to me and I was like, man, every person that's walked into that restaurant is about 80 years old. Yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever. Maybe it's just like one of those places. And, um, Then we walked over to the restaurant and we looked inside and there was like a bunch of people in there and they all had white hair. And I was like, hmm, is there any chance we're in like an old people's home? <laughs> and as it turns out, yes, we had tried to eat in the restaurant of an old people's home. And, and the nurse is bringing elderly people. I didn't see that. This is like... And at one point, it felt like we were actually considering going. <laughs> yeah, we were like, we looked at the menu. Yeah, if they'd have a better menu, we would have been there. Honestly, the menu was very, like, very small. There wasn't a lot on there. And we were a bit like, mm, like, I don't think even, like, vegetarian options were great. Yeah, it'd been a day of traveling as well. So I think we were largely being led by stomachs of just, like, we just need to find somewhere to eat at this So point. aggressively hungry that I was like, what are you <laughs> laughing at? Let's go. <laughs> They had spaghetti bolognese, yeah, I think. I was like, I was oh, like no. yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, and then we decided to just, like, go somewhere else. That lady behind reception must have thought, like, these people just fill out all these forms, came in, and then just... W also, this was the thing. The form said something yeah. about, like, who are you here to visit? <laughs> I was like, no one. No like, one. why is the form asking that? This is so yeah. weird. And when we went outside, we realized there was actually a yeah. sign outside that had a picture of two, like, very happy old people. And it was, like, called something resident residence and it yeah. said like you know pool and it was a museum it was very yeah, strange the museum thing because no. we were like oh it's a hotel and a museum and a restaurant okay Ooh. well okay sure you know like you do what you gotta do like yeah but we also missed the 
Yeah, the picture of the elderly people and the words like residence home. Resident. Well, it was yeah. called like Nova Vita Residence or something, yeah. which actually yeah. I think means like new life or something. <laughs> so like, you know, it's um, it was. We seemed like we missed the all worst, the signs. Like we seemed like literally, we seemed like the worst like um grandkids coming to visit. <laughs> yeah. there. Decided the menu's no good, yeah. so like Bye relatives now. or no relatives later. Yeah. So yeah, it made a lot of sense, and we ended up going down Matt's little road, and we found somewhere, and we had a lovely One time. Of the main streets of Essex. Matt's, Matt's, <laughs> Matt's road. And we ate in a place that was very like Taverns of Tiefenthal, which is a mm. game that I really enjoy by Wolfgang Rush. Yeah, go check it out. It was very funny when I was like, like, so what the vegetarian option? Oh, God. The guy was like this. And I was like, oh, uh, what else? He was like, that's it. Yeah. It was essentially, what are the vegetarian options? Well, you can have this without bacon. And I was like, okay. Would you like some fried potatoes? Yeah. the, the, The menu was literally like schnitzel steak other me like it was yeah just me it's very german mm-hmm. yeah it was fine. sorry about it yeah, yeah you had you had something that was all yeah, right yeah no luckily i'm technically a pescetarian so yeah. i had some samol samol with, with, with a lot of fried potato <laughs> everyone else had <laughs> yeah? very very meaty and uh things oh, so good it was very good um but <laughs> so i had a steak and then matt you had a i had a schnitzel a schnitzel mm. and um so we both had our plates sat in front of us and i was like i and matt stuff like that looks really nice <laughs> oh i wonder what like a schnitzel looks really good actually oh my god i'm so jealous and then we figured out that that was they had actually yeah. mixed them up and oh, i was yeah. like oh yeah. that's why i was salivating over that I, I looked at it and i was like yeah, me and me and like as the only person not eating meat around the table was like, I don't think that's right. I think you're you've got each other's dishes. I was like, no, it's different sauces with different schnitzels. And she was like, yeah, but usually schnitzel has like breadcrumbs. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right, because yeah. no. you know the steak was just the steak. I, think, I didn't even question it at that point. I would have yeah. eaten the wooden table that yeah. they were served on. We hadn't eaten in like eight hours. Yeah. We're so hungry. Long, long yeah. train I was getting really, really peeved because we kept walking along <laughs> looking for restaurants, and I was like, I'm gonna eat one of you, okay? And we I don't walked know who past it is. a lot of restaurants because yeah. I was so determined. I wanted German food. I was like, I'm not going to the pizzeria. I'm not going to like this place. I. And then we found just the. Re- this was like um, Goldilocks. It was a yeah. very Goldilocks moment for me. It was mm. perfect in every way. The food was so good. Oh my god, I was. And the drink, the drink that you had, Spitzi. Spitzi. It's just Coke and Fanta mixed together, which I don't really like fizzy drinks, but that was my drink of choice when I was a child, and so it was just nice to dive back into that and have one of those after twenty something years. Yeah, and then I'm old. We went to the shoppy, and you bought a lot of snacks. I literally filled my rucksack with snacks. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then rock snacks. Um, we, <laughs> we got we got a few snacks, didn't we? And one of them in particular <laughs> is a set of sweets. Oh yeah, I mean oh. you you bought these. Yeah, yeah. This is me and Stuart. Yeah, this is this is my thing. Yeah. Give me the mic. <laughs> <laughs> they were um, as soon as we saw them, we were like, okay, hang on. <laughs> I feel like we're being. I know that face. <laughs> I know that face anywhere. <laughs> I feel like we're being bamboozled here uh, because we were we were in the sweet aisle and we saw these sweets that were pig heads, like 
like, and I was like, oh, look, it's Percy Pigs. Yeah, I don't know if they do them in the US. So for our US audience, Percy Pigs are just like, are they uh, Marks and Spencer's? Yeah, just the, but then they have like the Doc Off ones. Yeah, like. they're just like chewy, chewy pig heads. Yeah. That's where I get mine. I think they're lions. They're Leo Lion, I think, mm. yeah. But um, we saw these, and I was Percy Pig. And it's not... <laughs> What's his name? I'm trying to remember Fred his Ferkel. name. Yeah, Fred Ferkel. Yeah. It's Fred Ferkel, everyone. Ferkel is just um, pig. So. Yeah. Oh. Fred Pig. So, yeah. Fred Pig yeah. so it's Fred Ferkel, uh, Percy Pig's cousin, yeah. twice removed yeah. from Germany. And he's <laughs> German alter ego. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you know, like when some, like, I don't know, people have different personas. I, yeah, like, a a pass, like a spy passport where they yeah. have like oh, yeah, yeah it's like, like that like, yeah, yeah. yeah Percy Pig confirmed spy yeah <laughs> confirmed spy Percy Pig uh, and they look exactly like Percy yeah. Pigs they taste exactly like they Percy Pigs they taste yeah. exactly like Percy Pigs and I was like it's a, it's all a scam isn't it we've been, <laughs> my world's been shaken yeah we've been head. done like Percy Pig once we thought you were unique and in fact <laughs> You re- we were really masquerading. Just <laughs> slam down a pack of yeah. Fred Furkles. We know the truth. Like, Who is this? Yeah. <laughs> we, and Percy Pig's like Have you sweating. you the whole time? <laughs> sweating, I don't know what sweating you're talking like about. Pig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was a, I'd say that was a highlight, like uncovering <laughs> a conspiracy. Uh, I mean, it was a lot less embarrassing than trying to have dinner in an old folks' <laughs> no, home. So, yeah. I think that's going to be my favourite Essence story ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was really good. Um, what about you, Matt? Do you have any highlights apart from eating in an old, trying to eat in an old house? To be honest, I barely remember anything. I barely remember the start of this podcast because it's just been, it's been a full on day. Like I say, it's been two years since I worked an event of any kind. And yeah, coming back into this event, it's just, it's, it's wiped me out. It's been good. That's good. Like, I know, yeah, together, I know it's been yeah. good. <laughs> I know it's Whoa! been good. I will say once again, uh, Lolis and I were setting up the camera equipment <laughs> in a bedroom, and it felt very strange. Yeah. <laughs> well, a hotel room fair, specifically. The camera is on the bed, not facing yeah. the bed. Yeah. It's a real look behind the scenes of yeah. We were trying to find a place to film uh, that would allow us to all sit together and chat like this, and it ended up just being a corner of your hotel room with the camera on the bed. It's it's a very show kind of setup. It's like we're going to make this work. So yeah. yeah, got yeah. one of the um, hotel lights acting as like a it's like a. Yeah, a it's not about the maison scene, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Got your key light. Got your. That's not the backlight. Another light. Spotlight. Light. Spotlight. Yeah. 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 Light. All of the lights. We should go All to right. sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Any other highlights before we sign off from this special podcast from Essen Spiel Twenty Twenty One? Sleep tonight. Sleep is my now. Highlight. Uh, we will have more from the show. There's there's already stuff on the website. There will be stuff on the YouTube channel soon. Of course, you can find those dicebreaker.com and youtube.com slash dicebreaker. There'll be more to come in the days and weeks to follow as well. But for now, <gasps> this has been the Dicebreaker Podcast from Essen Spiel Twenty Twenty One. Thank you, Alex Lolis. Thank you, Alex Meehan. Thank you, Liv Kennedy. I've been Matt Jarvis. Thank you for listening. If you're at Essenspiel, please take care. I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, if you're not at Essenspiel, hey, you know, we hope you're doing well as well. If you're at Essenspiel, your come and find us and give us free stuff. Yeah, at a distance. <laughs> or say, say hi. hi you know, like yeah, <laughs> say hi and wave from 1.5 meters away. Uh, also, Wheels isn't here. Hi, Wheels. <laughs> hi, Wheels. Jesus, wow. <laughs> <laughs>
Wow. <laughs> Shout out to Wheels. Hi. Wheels, Wheels will be editing this. So let's let's finish with a big hello to Wheels. Hey. Bye. Hi, Wheels. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye.